0: Welcome to the Vine Church TC Community Podcast. This is Jamie Jones, your host, and I am so excited to share with you conversations with people right here in our very own community. I hope this brings us all closer together and reaffirms to each listener that you belong. Today's guest is someone who definitely has a love for learning. You will see that throughout this conversation. it's awesome. I love that. So I can't wait for you to hear my conversation with Erica Becker. Thank you for doing this. Yeah. I would love if you could tell me about who you are and where you're from.
1: Okay. Well, my name is Erica Becker <laughs> and um, I'm I grew up in Yakima. That's a the interesting where are you from question. It's always uh, there's multiple ways you could answer that. So I grew up in Yakima. Um, I went to school in Spokane for for university, um, and then I spent um, four years in Portland, a year in Baltimore, and now I'm back in the Tri Cities, um, closer to where I started. So that's just kind of a little bit about um, kind of where I came from. Um, during that time, I, I majored in biology uh, when I was studying um, and then decided that i I love both science and people so maybe teaching would be a good fit to to try and kind of use both of those things and so I immediately did a master's in teaching right after graduating undergrad um, and then that's why I moved to portland was uh, to to teach so I oh. taught for several years and Then got married, and we moved for Craig's job. (laughs) So, um, and then again, we moved again. (laughs) Right, Uh, yeah. We just had a one-year postdoc position. So, um, and since I've been here, um, I taught two more years, uh, tried a different setting, taught in a private school this time, uh, and then decided it was time to totally change it. So, um, yeah, so decided to do my master's in environmental science and kind of go back into the science world.
0: Wow, that is awesome. So when you, when Craig was looking for jobs, was he looking in this area? Because I find it interesting that you ended up back here because of his job.
1: Yeah. So when we were being in Baltimore, um, was a good experience in a lot of ways, but it was also stressful just because it was so far across the country from, um, you know, both of our families, actually his family's in Canada, um, So, but anyway, while he was looking for a job, um, we were looking in the Pacific Northwest more broadly. Um, and this, uh, was the job that opened up. So he's, he's at the lab, the Pacific Northwest national lab. So yeah.
0: Okay. That's cool. So is your family still in the Yakima area or tell me about your family?
1: Yeah. So, um, my family, um, is still in the Yakima area at least my immediate family. So my mom, Paula, and my dad, um, Walt, and my brother, Tyler, he is um, just graduated uh, from Central Washington University with an engineering degree. So um, he's looking for work right now, (laughs) Um, but uh, is kind of in the area still. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, so they're all there. I have um, quite a few cousins between the two sides of the family, and most of my mom's side is in... Um, the Pacific Northwest. A lot of them are in the Seattle area, um, and then on my dad's side, they're kind of spread out all the way to Indiana. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit about my family, um, kind of growing up, and then kind of already mentioned that I married Craig, um, and so that's uh, I've I've got. Now his relatives as well, which are in Canada. So he's got, um, his parents, um, Phil and Connie are in Kelowna, uh, and then his, his brother, Logan, um, is his younger brother and, uh, is in Victoria right now. And, and then Danica is, is across the country in Nova Scotia. So,
0: yeah. Neat. So, um, you, how long have you guys been married?
1: So... We're, yeah, a little, a little over five years now. So, um, yeah, we got married uh, just, let's, so also because of, like, the paperwork that's kind of crazy and ridiculous for immigration, like, we, we had a small ceremony and then, and did all the paperwork um, just Right after the the new year, um, when we got married, and and then waited until the summer to have like the big celebration. So it's always a little like, which oh, anniversary do we celebrate? Right. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, just over five years. Um, for I guess you could say five and a half now. Yeah, the official first one. Okay. Yeah. I
0: was like, well, which one are you counting? (laughs) Yeah. I would
1: say, yeah, it's count the official.
0: (laughs) Um, So you already mentioned a little bit about your occupation. You said you were a teacher, but Mm -hmm. tell me a little more because I know that you have recently kind of transitioned. You said you, yeah, tell me.
1: Yeah. So I, I am in the middle of career transitioning. I'm job hunting right now um, but, uh, kind of earlier. So when I, when I got my first teaching job, it was, um, teaching middle school. Uh, and so, and that was in Vancouver, Washington, but I knew people in the Portland area. So I kind of, I moved actually to Beaverton. Um, and that was a rough year. (laughs) I mean, first, your first year of teaching is always just awful. Um, that was really awful. Um, so I decided, okay, maybe, you know, I, I would be happy to work uh, with with middle school students in a non teaching setting or like a youth group setting, but decided that teaching them science maybe wasn't the best fit. Um, it could have just also been that school, but anyway. So I tried that and then um, found a job teaching high school. So I taught three years of high school um, at a public school in uh, Hillsborough, uh, and that was a little bit better fit. Um, there's still a lot of politics and things that are very frustrating um, and that's before COVID like that's <laughs> I mean yeah. what everybody has to deal with now is is uh, is very crazy but um anyway so we moved across the country like I said for Craig's work and so while we were there I wasn't looking for a teaching job we didn't know how long we would be there and I didn't want to go through the hassle of getting certified in another state um mm-hmm. I eventually uh Found a job. I was. I worked for six months at the aquarium when I was there, which was a lot of fun. Um, so a little bit more informal education. Uh-huh. Um, and then when we moved back here, uh, there was an opportunity uh, to teach um, at a private Christian school. So I thought, well, I'll give that a try. Uh-huh. Um, and it's it's funny. There's it, no matter where you teach. There's always going to be very stressful things. Um, teaching in a private school, I felt like the workload was actually harder, which is probably not what you'd think. Um, just because you you have fewer students in your classes, but you teach more subjects. And so in mm. for a high school teacher anyway, like the amount of prep time it required, I was there, you know, from like seven in the morning to 8 p.m. at night. So I decided this is not sustainable. Oh um, you know, and like I said, different stressors in different Environment, so with public school, I had more like political frustrations and private school, I had more angry parents, so you no know. no <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so all of that to say like i I missed the higher level science uh, and decided that this is not sustainable <laughs> um, and I needed to to switch basically, mm-hmm. so um I was kind of looking for opportunities and it kind of looked like because, you know, my degree was biology before I did my master's in teaching and did all of that teaching. Um, but in terms of like getting hired as at a research type of position, uh, a lot of my research experience was, was old. Um, so it seemed like it would make the most sense to go to a master's. So I'd kind of be... Back in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and there was an opportunity here um, in, in Tri-Cities at the WSU campus, and so I, I did that, and it was a really good experience. I spent, um, I am so thankful <laughs> that my field season was not this summer, but last summer, because this summer wow. I would not have graduated on time. <laughs> um, but last summer, I, I spent a lot of time in the Cascade Mountains. Um, I was looking at nitrogen fixation um, in streams. And uh, so it was it was a lot of driving back and forth, but interesting stuff and beautiful settings. Um, and so a lot of work, but I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm job hunting. <laughs> so probably I'm hoping to find something having to do with aquatic ecology, um, but I'm also just applying for, you know, Research lab type of positions or just lab tech type of positions. So that's kind of what I'm looking for.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I imagine that this COVID land has affected um, what that looks like.
1: Yes, <laughs> it is a, a really daunting time to mm-hmm. be job hunting, and yeah. I think that's probably true true for anyone. Um, in my experience. Uh, There's just not a lot of positions to apply for, especially since I'm in kind of this awkward, like all of my years of experience are not related to what I want to do now. So I'm back into the like looking for the entry level position Mm -hmm. that uh, doesn't require that you have a lot of experience. But I also have a master's. So it's kind of this weird, like, I I don't know, most companies that are hiring right now, it seems like they, um, you know, they're. I mean, budgets are tight for everyone because of the pandemic. And so they're only hiring, you know, the positions that they really, really need. And it seems like a lot of those are are more of the, you know, you have three to five years of experience type of positions. So Mm -hmm. it's been a little challenging (laughs) trying Mm -hmm. to find things to apply for. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So how and when did you connect with Divine Church?
1: So... Let's see here. Um, This is the part where I'm horrible at dates, so I have to look back at my notes, and I'm glad you sent the questions out in advance. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we've been here in the Tri-Cities since 2016. I don't think it was until probably early 2017 that we actually found the vine. Um, We started job hunting pretty quickly after moving here um, and went to, you know several different churches for a Sunday or two to try them out. Um, but, uh, and I think we found the Vine just through a, a Google search of churches in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we found it, uh, we, we just, we really liked how friendly um, the people were. There wasn't a lot of people there um, <laughs> at that time. I mean, you know, the church has grown a little bit over, you know, the last few years, but um, but the people who were there were were really friendly, and we um, we liked that it was smaller actually, and and kind of getting going, um, just because we thought it would be faster and easier to get to know people and um, just be able to serve um, in different ways and get kind of connected that way. Um, we also really liked that. Um, just kind of the priority that the church places on making it a place where, like, regardless of whether you have been a Christian for a long time or whether you are, you know, just curious about what this whole faith thing is, um, that, you know, they want it to be a place, uh, that welcomes everybody. Um, and I really appreciate that inclusive sort of aspect of it. Um, also the fact that, Um, Micah and Sarah are co-pastors, and so just there's not a lot of churches um, in this area that believe that women should be pastors. So I, especially as a woman, appreciate that. (laughs) So um, yes, we decided this was a good place to be. That's awesome.
0: Well, I'm glad you did. (laughs) I'm glad glad you're at the Vine. Um, So tell me what are some of your interests and hobbies?
1: Yes. So um, let's see here. Where to start? You've probably already gathered from the environmental science stuff that I like being outside. So, um, you know, actually, it was kind of funny when I was doing my masters and driving up to field sites. You, you spend all day like working in the streams, and I feel like I need to, you know, go back <laughs> to some of those areas. And you know, there were a couple campgrounds like close to where we were, and just just go camp because you know, just just go relax Um, because it's such a pretty area. But yeah, I like being outside camping, hiking, um, kayaking. It's a lot of fun. Um, I like to read. Um, I like to do pretty much anything crafty. (laughs) So um, I, things like, you know, making cards or origami are part of that. Um, I've never been formally trained in any of my craft things. It's just, I dabble. It's fun. Um, So I like to, I don't know, just I like to build things, um, which more recently we've gotten a few power tools. So I've been experimenting with woodworking, which is fun. Um, let's see what else, uh, during non pandemic times, uh, I really like to swing dance. That's actually how Craig and I met. Uh, and so that's a lot of fun and we can do it here in the house, of course, but it's not quite the same as like going out and getting to do it with, with lots of people. Right. Um, so yeah, those are, some things oh what I read right, that was it I was trying to remember there was one more thing that I had on my my list of things um, to share uh, is just cooking um so been doing a lot more of that since right now Craig is working and I'm job hunting, so I've been doing a lot of cooking uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, I also have a sourdough starter that I've kept going for for several years now, so that's been fun um, yeah, so those are some things <laughs> that's amazing. I'm impressed because. You
0: have to maintain your sourdough. Like you can't you just <laughs> you cannot just have a sourdough starter and then, you know, just decide, oh, I want to use it. Like you have to feed it in advance and you have to like take care of it. <laughs> so you've kept it alive for
1: years. That's really cool. It's kind, kind of um, like having a pet. <laughs> it kind of is, yeah. Kind of, a much more low maintenance pet. Because right, right. You only you only really need to take it out every two weeks or every month, maybe. Like, I I mean, I probably shouldn't let it go a month between uses. um, But yeah, it stays in the fridge most of the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's neat. And I am very curious about your woodworking. Like Mm -hmm. what, what, can you tell me a little bit about what type
1: of woodworking? Um, Really basic stuff so far. Um, I want to learn more, but thus far I made a pair of cornhole boards. Um, I made a shelf uh, like not even a bookcase or anything that complicated, uh-huh. just a shelf with coat racks on it or like, uh-huh. a, you know, hooks. Um, and I made a couple of serving trays that, uh, I have been like doing mosaics on the, the bottom, if that makes sense. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, so just some real basic stuff like that, just kind of trying to get myself used to using some of the power tools. And I've Thus far, we haven't bought that many. We, we bought a jigsaw um, and a sander. We also, we had a drill, like, back when we first bought our house. We're like, we need a drill <laughs> to do random around-the-house things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, any, anyway, nothing too <laughs> fancy yet. Um, eventually, I'd like to make, like, for our fire pit area outside, I'd like to make some benches and, like, other fun stuff like that. So Yeah.
0: That's really neat. Okay, that's cool, because there is such a range of woodworking. I'm like, are you whittling something, or, you know? No, no. <laughs> are you building a bed? Like, you know, there's all kinds of things. <laughs> that's cool. So, um, what are you passionate about?
1: Yeah, so I um, I guess the first thing that came to mind with that question, I'm passionate about learning, <laughs> which maybe you figured out, like, someone who went back to do their masters and, and uh-huh. uh, just likes, I love to learn new skills. Um, I love to learn about like, if I'm visiting somewhere, I love to learn about the history or culture of the place. Um, I love to dig deeper into like, if I'm reading a Bible passage or something, I love when I hear a new perspective on it that I hadn't thought about before. Um, so a lot of those type of things. And then, From that, um, you know, even though I decided ultimately teaching was not a sustainable career fit for me, I still am passionate about helping other people learn. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's lots of ways you can do that. You don't have to be a, you know, formal teacher (laughs) to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm passionate about that. Um, I'm also also passionate about science and taking care of our environment, Um, and then I'm also passionate about the role, um, of the church in, in God's kingdom. And just, I've been thinking about that a lot the last several months as we've been in this crazy time with all of the crazy politics and everything. And just thinking about, you know, what, what role should the church take? What role should individuals take? Um, and just, yeah, thinking a lot about that. I haven't come to any terribly good answers, but. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: you, it sounds like you do have some um, time to think. I mean, I'm sure you're busy with with job hunting and just day-to-day tasks, but it sounds like as someone who is passionate about learning, like you've got a lot of thoughts going on in your, in your brain too, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, a lot of the times if you, when you are more busy um like i was in my masters you just you pri- prioritize lots of other things and mm-hmm. you think about things as you can but yeah it feels like right now i've just had a lot of time to to kind of um think about stuff and i, I try and keep myself sane by not letting myself think too much about it as <laughs> of you know the depressing state of our world yeah if you dwell all the time on it uh, without you know taking breaks it's it's kind of tough but But yes, I have had more time to kind of think about things and read some books and stuff like that.
0: So So I would love to hear an overview of your faith journey, where you have been and where you are now.
1: Okay. So I guess as I was thinking about this question, I realized I'm kind of clumping it into like different stages of like, it kind of falls into like where I've lived. So to kind of start up, it would be the growing up stage. So I grew up in, um, for better or for worse, uh, something of a Christian bubble. I um, have, you know, most of my uh, extended family and immediate family, um, or my immediate family and most of my extended family are Christians. Um, We attended a small church uh, when I was growing up where people it was a, it was a good church where people were very thoughtful about what they believed, um, and, and just passionate about Jesus. (laughs) Um, and I also, my parents sent me to a Christian school, so it's kind of, you know, I was surrounded by a lot of that. Um, and you know, that, that can go good or bad sometimes. In my case, I think it, it went well, um, because people were, um, they, they were genuine, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and they really did think deeply about their faith. Um, also I'm, I'm blessed that the Christian school I went to, you know, they, they did place an emphasis on teaching this, you know, students, especially when you got into high school, but the teaching, you know, some, some theology and, um, and church history, um, not that I remember all the dates now, I'd have mm-hmm. to go back and study again. But um, I, I feel like, you know, for, for some people, if if they're in a, a Christian bubble growing up and then go off to college, they lose their faith. Um, and that didn't happen um, anyway. So kind of growing up, um, I accepted uh, Christ at a really young age. Uh, but then kind of as I grew, it was just kind of a steady growth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really, there wasn't any... Dramatic rebellious years or whatever. Um, when I was in high school, that I think was a time when if when, when I really first started making my faith my own, um, I was pretty involved in our church's youth group, which was not necessarily the typical experience of a, of a youth group. I think a lot of people they, they might have like attended a very large service of lots of people and just kind of you know participated. Uh, my church that I went to was so small. Um, the pastor we only had one lead pastor we didn't have a youth pastor so he was very encouraging of um, just kind of all of us students who you know had some some background um, in the church to to step up and help him um, with you know service and and leadership in the youth group and so it was really a good time it was a good growth experience for me um, to be kind of learning different ways that I could serve. That was also the same time that I started playing guitar. um, And, you know, so got involved that way. Um, But yeah, just kind of got to know God gradually over all those years, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I, when I went off to college, um, so I went to Whitworth University. um, And that is, it's a Presbyterian, um, like has Presbyterian roots, But of course, the student body is, you know, all over the place. (laughs) So it was also a good experience having lots of good discussions about faith and about different points of theology with a lot of people from different backgrounds um, and just kind of hearing different perspectives. And, you know, you kind of re-examine some of where you came from and and thinking things through. Um, One example of that was just how science and faith interact or don't interact. Mm -hmm. Um, And I spent a lot of time thinking about that in college. Um, And mainly because I grew up in a pretty conservative uh, environment uh, where, you know, most people saw evolution as a threat. Like that's a bad word. You know, we don't talk about that. Um, But then, you know, going off to university and deciding I want to major in biology and I want to teach it. And, um, you know, just having to kind of think through a lot of that. So I spent a lot of time um, just thinking through, you know, what should we do with things like Genesis 1 and miracles and all of those different things. And, you know, that's kind of a longer story <laughs> um, and a big topic to talk about. Ultimately, I decided that, um, you know, science and faith are not as incompatible as a lot of people would like to make it out to be. Um, and that has since become a big passion. Like I, I hate it when, when Christians, um, take anti-science attitudes. I think we're missing a big opportunity there to, to learn about the environment that God has created. Um, Mm -hmm. so anyway, that's, uh, kind of college years. And then my first year of teaching, like I mentioned, was awful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that was, um, and kind of that year and, and the years following were, you know, I haven't ever really had trouble with the idea that God exists like that. You know, I, I've known from a young age for myself that, that God is real. But during those years, I did wonder, is he good? Like, is he really, you know, the, the good God that, uh, you know, that, that we talk about. Um, and I mean, it's, it's of course, not all as, as simple as, you know, some people talk about like, you know, God is love, and they just talk about love a lot. Um, and then you read the Old Testament. So these are questions that I think everyone should grapple with at some point. Um, and I spent a lot of time just, especially during that first year of teaching, it was really, really tough. Um, and there were a lot of other life things that happened, like the apartment that my roommates and I moved into had bedbugs, which is just a horrible, oh horrible, horrible experience. Um, it, it was awful. Um, so, so there was that, uh, I, you know, myself and another one of my roommates, we both had grandparents pass away, like one each (laughs) pass away that year. Um, and just all kinds of really not fun things one right after the other happened that year. So, um, anyway, I, I had to come to a point where I just had to, to choose to trust that yes, God is who he says he is, not just that he's real, but that he is good. Um, and that he, has a good plan for us. And even, cause that was the thing I, when I moved down there, I, you know, I accepted that teaching position and I felt like God wanted me to do that, that that was the, you know, I really felt like this is the right thing to do. Um, and then sometimes when you, when that happens and then you get there and it's really, really hard, you're like, Hmm, God sent me into a really tough year. Uh, and that's a really difficult place to come to, especially given my, you know background, like I've described it, you know, fairly, you know, pretty well comfortable. I mean, yeah. there were things here and there that that came up as I grew up. But it, overall, I had a very good bringing up and I'm really blessed with that. Um, so yeah, just had to come to the choice to choose to believe that, that God is good. And that, you know, I and I still like hindsight's 2020, but I still don't know all of the reasons. It may have been for my own personal growth um, that God sent me into a rough year. It may have been for, there might be some students that I changed something for them. Um, you just can't know. So, but I had to trust that there was some kind of reason <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that God sent me into it for. And that even if, you know, cause that was the thing after that first year, I had to figure out do I choose to teach again? Do I switch it up entirely? And, you know, what if the next year is just as bad? Um, and, and to choose to trust that even if the next year is just as bad, that God would get me through it. So, um, anyway, so that was, that was a, a kind of a tough time. Um, and so kind of, there was a lot to kind of wrestle with during, during those years that I was in Portland. Um, I also, I loved Portland. (laughs) I didn't at first, but it grew on me. Um, and I, you know, especially through swing dance, um, and a few other things developed quite a few friendships, um, with people who are not Christians. Um, and just really became aware of, of how, you know, a lot of, Christian culture is very alien to people who are who are not Christians just even some of the phrases that we say and so that um you know like I mentioned that was something that you know was attractive when we came to the Vine was that they they wanted to be welcoming and opening to people who are not Christians and and that it was when I was in Portland was when that first started developing. Like I, I mm-hmm. discovered that we, you know, we need, we need to do church a little differently to, to not, not to try and look like everybody else. Cause I don't think that's what we're called to be um, as Christians in the world. But um, at the very least we need to define our terms. And, you know, if, if a pastor's giving a sermon, like to be able to, to understand the parts of it that people you know, are only going to really know if they've been around the church a long time. Um, and, and the parts that are, that are not. So, so that was a few things about my faith journey in Portland. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when we moved to Baltimore, that was another tough year just because we were far away from, you know, all of the people that we knew. Uh, and it's, it's, um, there's a lot about that city that, uh, is just difficult when you first land there. Um, just, you know, everything from really simple things like driving is crazy. Uh, it's just, there's, I thought I was going to die so many times when I was on the road. Um, and people honk at you a lot more than they do here and that, you know, just things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's just a very, um, just a very divided city. There's so much poverty and, um, it was there that I really first understood racism. Like what is, you know, cause it's, it's a little, it's different in a city like Baltimore than it, it is, you know, on, on the West coast. Um, and so it, I really, that was when I really started thinking about some of those injustices. Um, and fortunately um, we, the church that we attended was a really good church that like their, their, um, I guess their, their mission, <laughs> uh, when they created the church was to be a place, um, of racial reconciliation. So when they planted the church, it was, it was very intentional. They wanted it to be a multiracial community. So they had a black pastor and a white pastor, um, and they managed to attract a diverse population. Um, the location was carefully chosen. They they um, They selected a building that was like kind of right next to, uh, it was in a poorer neighborhood um, with kind of just a a lot of people who are kind of working poor, I guess is what you would call it. Like not necessarily really, really, really low poverty. but, um, But then it was also like right next to a neighborhood that was richer because Baltimore has this weird pattern, like this kind of patchwork of richer and poorer neighborhoods kind of all mixed together. Um, anyway, so they selected that location to be kind of attracting multiple types of, of backgrounds, um, for people. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, it was just a really good, um, example of, of what the church can look like, you know, how it can be a place of, of reconciliation, um, and unity, um, and how, you know, you look around and and you're seeing a representation of the population that lives in that city when you attended Mm -hmm. that church. And I, it was something that when we came here, I, and we were church hunting, I realized, wow, I hadn't realized all of these, all of these things before. Cause when we attended churches here, I, I, you know, we tried several churches and realized that, wow, I'm looking around and it's mostly white. (laughs) Um, but when you go to, you know, say Walmart or the mall, it's it, that's not, you know, there's a lot more than just white people that live here. <laughs> so uh, that was a big eye-opener for me to realize um, just, you know, some of my own privilege uh, and, you know, how the church is part of the the segregation that we have. Um, and I know that there's, you know, in our area, we've got language barriers and things to overcome. But I, I became pretty passionate about, like, just at least we need to be talking about this stuff with each other. Um, so so anyway, so that's a bit of, yeah. of my faith journey. Hopefully I didn't spend too long giving you an no, overview. No, no,
0: I love, I loved to hear all of that. Thank you. It's awesome. Um, do you have a person or is there a person or life event that significantly influenced your faith journey? I mean, it sounds like moving. Yeah. Was, but yeah, move moving does it. It's, yeah. uh,
1: it's <laughs> No, I think I've heard it's it's one of the more it's on the I think it's on the top five list of stressful things for people. I can't remember where on that list it is, but um yeah, so I think I've kind of already described the the year um my first year of teaching was a crazy time. Um and then the year we spent in Baltimore were both pretty influential um mm-hmm. in how I think about my faith now.
0: So mm-hmm. How about uh, a brief story of when you knew God was real, if you have one?
1: Yeah. So, like I said before, I've never really had trouble with the question of whether God was real. <laughs> mm-hmm. Probably just because I was, you know, so surrounded by Christians at such a young age, and, and Christians who were very genuine and very devout. Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said, like I, I feel like there's a lot of things that, you know, other people would probably think of it as coincidence, but, you know, I look at it and I see, yes, that was God's plan. (laughs) Um, so, so things like, like how I met my husband was kind of, it was pretty coincidental. Um, we, we met at a swing dance. He was actually in England at the time. Um, and he had come to the Portland area for a research conference and Uh, he had, I guess on family vacations coming down to Portland, like he had, um, gone swing dancing in the Portland area before. And so he decided he was going to go to a dance that he knew about. I almost didn't even go that night. I remember I was super tired from teaching and I almost just called it, no, I'm going to crash and not go. But I, I went and, and it wasn't like love at first sight, but I remember thinking like, oh, this, this is an interesting person. And, and any, and, and then after that, we had he'd given me his email, um, but then I had gone on vacation with my family and and didn't have time to come back around to it until a few weeks later and And then, even at that point, I was like, "Oh, it's been a while since he gave me this. I wonder if it would be weird if I emailed him. <laughs> yeah, what could it hurt? <laughs> so, you know all these things that were very you know, coincidence, but in hindsight, like it's, it's been, you know, our marriage has been a very good thing for both of us, you know, Uh and we've been growing together. Um, so that's one example. Um, Uh there are other examples, but, um, yeah, I guess I don't have anything super fancy for that question.
0: That's totally okay. I love that answer though, because yeah, that was totally God. Like (laughs) he used that swing dance and got you guys together. That's so cool. So uh, what is one question you have for God?
1: So I think my biggest question is what's next? <laughs> um, and that's that's a personal question and it's a more broad question. So personally for me, I'm job hunting. So of course my question is what's next, God? What would you have me do? Or what would you, you know, um, where could I be <laughs> What would be a good choice? uh, That kind of thing. Um, But then I think it also applies, you know, we're, we're in this sort of pressure cooker of a year with COVID and there's an election and just all of these crazy things um, that we're all dealing with right now. And then just thinking about, um, you know, just the role of the church, what is next for the church? You know, how should the church like, how should the church be stepping up or you know what are ways that uh, that god is going to move and 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 use us to to do good things um and it's it's been really difficult for me <laughs> during this time um just you know cuz like we talked about before i have a lot more time on my hands and that can be just kind of difficult cuz you think about stuff and it can be really easy to be Kind of disillusioned with everything, um, but I have to again. I have to choose to trust that God is good, um, and to choose to trust that that He does have a what ne- what's next for us. He has an answer to that question, even if He hasn't shared it with me.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and sometimes what's next is like this very moment.
1: <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> <You know>? true. <laughs>
0: Um, all right. Well, we're gonna wrap it up with a few more questions. Um, what is something good that's come out of this pandemic and this quarantine? It's not really quarantine anymore, but um <laughs> this time for it's you. It's still
1: a little bit more restricted than we're used to. Yeah. So <laughs> um I guess the I guess the, the thing for me that I, that came to mind was just the fact that if if we weren't in kind of a quarantine time, um, Craig would not be working from home right now. And job hunting while you're home alone all day is really depressing. So at least I have a buddy, even if we don't like talk all day, because of course he's working, um, it's been nice to not be um, alone in the house a lot. <laughs> so, mm-hmm, so that's a good for thing. sure. Okay.
0: What is your go to order from your favorite restaurant in Tri Cities?
1: So, I like a lot of things, <laughs> a, a lot of foods, uh, as one example, but a lot of things in life you may have gathered. Um, and that makes it very hard for me to choose favorites like it's a good thing that i like a lot of things because i'm i'm easily pleased and i'm i'm happy uh, with a lot of things but it's also hard to choose favorites so i'm not really sure um i (laughs) (laughs) most of the time when we eat out we'll we'll do something asian um, Mm -hmm. because it's harder for me to i'm trying to learn how to cook more authentically or at least to mimic takeout Mm -hmm. um (laughs) <laughs> but it's so anyway, maybe something Asian um, or uh, for dessert, um, frost me sweet cupcakes are always a good bet. So, uh-huh. there uh-huh. you go.
0: I like that. Frost me sweet cupcakes. You did, you narrowed it down. Do you have a favorite cupcake or is that too, way too hard? Too hard. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the title of the last book you read?
1: So, the last fiction book, um, that I read was Battleground, um, which is the last, um, it's the most recent book in the Dresden files by Jim Butcher. So that's, that was a, actually it was kind of depressing, but it was good <laughs> anyway. Um, and then the last nonfiction book I'm, I'm currently in the middle of Just Mercy, uh, by Bryan Stevenson. Um, and that's been really also depressing, but really interesting. (laughs) Um, so it's, um, it's a kind of his narrative of his experiences as a lawyer, um, defending people on death row, um, and just trying to like find justice when people are, um, unjustly condemned for a crime Uh, or just, uh, there's quite a few situations he talks about, but, um, it's, Mm -hmm. it's pretty interesting. And it also deals with, um, you know, a lot of the racial inequalities, (laughs) um, that are, you know, in the, uh, in, in the, the, the sentencing and, and different things in our, our court and prison system. So, um, again, depressing, but interesting. So Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. That's one of the, that's one of the books on my list I'd like to read. Um, All right. And my last question is what is one thing that's bringing you joy
1: right now? So I think um, some of those craft things I mentioned, like the woodworking projects have been a good way to kind of stay sane. Um, Also pumpkins. Uh, Uh So I, we've been, we grew some pumpkins this year and so, and it froze last night. So I, yesterday I was, you know, spent all day just harvesting various things that, that we were growing. Um, but I've been, you know, baking and other things like that. I, I'm not a coffee drinker, so I don't get all excited with the pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks. I know a lot of people do, but I, I I do like to bake with pumpkin. So Uh yes,
0: for sure. Yep. I'm with you on that. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Erica. That was That was so good to talk to you and just to hear your answers to these questions. Like, yeah, I feel like I've learned a lot. And I love how much you love learning. It is very evident in every single thing. And I feel like that's um, probably one of the things that you and Craig have in common. It is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're we're both science people and we both love to learn. So it's it's a good pairing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any of these stories that help us connect with each other right here in the Tri-Cities.